We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You are listening to The Uncontested, an Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast featuring Jacob. All you haters come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Kamiar. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too fast. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and brought to you this week by harrys.com slash bluewire. You can find us anywhere you download your podcasts and at bluewirepods.com. We are also on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. I'm Jacob. Today, just a two-man show today. I've got Taylor along with me. Just following the trend of the their new trend that is in the NBA of dynamic duos, am I right? Dynamic duos. You got us two. What else do you need? <laughs> no one needs Nick or Kamiar or Justin. They have us. Uh, I hope those guys don't listen the to that. Dog, they, the yeah. Oh, they're going to. They they yeah. absolutely will. And they'll call us out for it. They'll tease us for it and they'll get back at us for it. But you know, it's yeah. it's cool. Uh it's it, it's the dog days of the NBA summer right now 100 percent. hey but speaking of though before we get any farther uh, i do want to tell our listeners about something we here at the uncontested we have been working pretty hard on putting together this massive like eight part podcast series that we're going to drop that is a season preview series of every single team in the nba so we've got a guest for every different team in the league we're going to have them come on this podcast for about a 10 to 15 minute interview to talk about their team, their key additions, key subtractions, their over-unders, what they're expecting this year, if they're going to make the playoffs, uh, storylines, all that kind of stuff. And we've got some really, really awesome guests lined up. So you guys can get all of your entire NBA league preview just right here through the Young Contester. We're going to release those interviews about three to four interviews per episode once a week. We'll still have our our normal podcast once a week. So you're going to get two pods from us 
the the season preview podcast, and then just our normal Thunder Pods. But we're really excited about it. We're going to have some awesome guests, and you can get all of your NBA information for each team from people, really good people, who specifically yeah. color, cover those teams, all right here with the Uncontested. So we're really stoked about that. Absolutely. Yeah, Jacob came up with this idea and uh, pitched it to us, and it didn't take much much selling at all. Like We, we got really excited about it. Uh, thankfully, being a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and, and becoming a part of that family recently, we had some new connections that we didn't previously had, but also just relying on some old connections as well as just some completely random brand new guys um, or brand new guys to us, brand new connections to us. So some really big names that we're really excited about. So definitely stay tuned because it's it's going to be worth it. And like Jacob said, I think it's going to be a really good way to kind of fill in time between uh, kind of the dead season, dead period of the NBA leading up into training camp. So uh, I'm really oh, excited yeah. about it, especially seeing that list of names that we have right now. I'm, I'm really oh, looking forward to it. It's a good list of names, man. We got some good people Definitely. coming on. Definitely. Um, one of the teams that we'll talk about, and we'll get into we'll get into this between you and I, Taylor, but then we'll also have our Houston guest obviously talk quite a bit about this. But we have not podcasted since Russell Westbrook had his press conference down in Houston, Texas, Ugh. an official player for the Houston Rockets. Uh, Taylor, did you watch it? I did. I subjected myself to the torture. It was just so awkward and strange and surreal. There's so many different like ways to describe it. It, it, it wasn't very enjoyable, um, but I will say this. One of the biggest things I, I, I took from it was just how candid and open Russ is. He typically is this way. We've talked about this before, and there's other Thunder podcasts that have talked about this as well. But typically, when Russ isn't in the middle of competition, he's much more open and candid, much more himself. Um, but because of that, it's typically during the off season. It's you know, it's exit interviews or it's it's you know, uh, preseason stuff. And because of that, other fan bases typically don't see that side of Russ. You know, they only see see him during the season. They see his, his press conferences before and after games. And so because of that, I think it kind of came as a shock to a lot of Houston rocket fans and a, a lot of the Houston media, even for that matter, kind of seeing how open and candid he was, you know, like even laughing at reporters, he's making jokes. He's sitting right next to Daryl Moore, Daryl Morey, which is still just so strange. It's weird, man. But I, I thought he, he was extremely professional about it. Um, Almost like even more so than he sometimes is with OKC Media. I don't to know. To me, it, it felt like he uh, he put on his little goody two shoes act yeah. and tried to make a yeah. good first impression, um, and and tried to give Houston a side of him that that they haven't seen before. Uh, you know, the I think Russ was quoted saying like verbatim, "I'm a good guy." Right, no, I'm a good guy. Mention, yeah, he he even brought that up in an answer. Some reporter asked him, "What do you want Houston fans or the uh, Houston fans and media to know about you, or something along those lines?" Yeah, yeah they don't already like, know. And he I'm said, a good yeah, guy. I'm, yeah, I'm a good guy. I'm and a he nice guy. Smile and like kind of joked, but at the same time, it was like, how much was he actually joking? I think that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I think he wants people to believe he's a good guy, but again, like we've. We followed the guy for 11 years, you know, get into the season, right. face some adversity and uh, his, the way he interacts with the media is going to change drastically. 100, and especially in Houston, right? Because, oh, he's going to be, he's a newcomer. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so if anything goes wrong, it's going to, it's going to fall on him, right? It's not going to fall on James Harden. Exactly. And I don't want this to, to sound the wrong way because I, I definitely do not think the Oklahoma city thunder media 
try to toss Russ softballs and try to take it easy on him. But there's a difference when you are in a major media market, uh, the way the media perceives and talks to and, and handles big sports personalities. You know, Absolutely. you're going from a, a town that was thankful to have an NBA franchise because the only professional team in town down to a team that, you know, the Rockets might even have great attendance early on because everyone's more interested in in the Houston Astros Texans. and the Texans. And the Astros, yeah. Simultaneously. It's kind of like what Bre- Brett Dawson was saying. He mentioned, you know, going to that press conference in Houston. He was there and how it was much smaller for an MVP caliber player being acquired uh, in, in, for an introductory press conference compared to like an OKC, for example, because there was media that were covering the Texans training camp who covered all sports, not just basketball. So it was just the basketball uh, media that were there for the press conference compared to like Oklahoma City, for example, right? Where we had Mello and we had Paul George come in. Shoot, Paul George got his own party. So, and, yeah, and OKC. It's just the whole vibe is different, you know, be, right. because of of that, that massive media. And, and like I said, they're, they're not going to take it easy on Russ. Not, not, and again, not to say that Thunder media did, but it's just, it's going to be a different animal. Yeah, right. Absolutely. But I, I think you bring up a good point. You know, it's not only just, okay, so he doesn't have multi uh, professional sports teams. I think it's also the fact that Russell Westbrook not only was drafted into this organization with the, being the Thunder and grew with the Thunder uh, and was, you know, essentially kind of molded by the thunder in a way uh, early on in his career, but then Kevin Durant leaves, which is huge and catastrophic. And we've talked about this and then Russ signs the extension. Right. And it was like, from there, he just kind of had the reins to the organization and that included the media to a sense, you know, we've yeah. heard the stories of, I, I think we even mentioned this on a couple of our podcasts uh, or a couple podcasts ago. I think you mentioned this Jacob, where there are some stories about Russ walking up to, uh, was it Darnell Mayberry? who was like sitting in the chair uh, next to Reggie Jackson yeah, in the locker room. That, that whole scene that was created because Darnell was sitting in the locker yeah. room. Yeah. I think that was a OKC dream team story that they told after Russ got traded, but you know, just things like that. Um, you know, like after, I think again, this all comes from Brett, which is, this is terrible podcasting on our part. Um, hopefully Brett doesn't get upset with us, but I think it's a really good point that he makes it like even walking into the uh, Thunder locker room, pregame i guess that's kind of a thing for media and players to kind of be able to discuss and kind of get to know each other and chit chat and kind of form relationships and russ pretty much just shot that down over the last couple of years uh, and so I, I just think it's gonna be a, a big I, I don't even know if it's gonna be as much of a shock to russ as like how he acted during that press conference is almost like okay i know i can't do that anymore i realized that was maybe toxic and it's time to kind of move on from all of that I, don't know, how did you take I, that? I think the change of scenery just changes people, you know, the you, it's just like you or I at a job, you know, we, we get comfortable in a place, uh, you know, you work, you work in an office, I work uh, at a school, you right. get comfortable in a place, you, you start to act a certain way, not to say that, it, that we're acting like bad at work or right. anything, but, but, but you, much more comfortable you, know, you get with- comfortable, you, you act a certain way, you can talk to people a certain way. And then when you get thrown in a new situation, you you kind of change up and and you do things like more by the book and you try to be on your best behavior and you try to almost put on this facade of of like who you can be to to fit in initially before you settle back into that comfortability again you know that's and, a really and good it, point and I, I i don't know i just 
I don't think it's going to be much different from that for Westbrook down in Houston. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I just, I think what kind of not shocked me necessarily, but certainly caught me off guard a little bit was just, just how almost overly over the top candid he was and um, trying to crack jokes and things that we don't usually see from Russ. Yeah. Uh, but I'm happy for him. You know, I really do hope he's excited um, and, and genuinely is looking forward to playing in Houston and playing with, with Harden. It's going to be really interesting to see. I saw a report today that, that Maury was on, I don't know if it was a radio show or what it was, but he was talking to somebody and this person, this media member asked him about load management and Kawhi, you know, and how Kawhi kind of made and Kawhi and LeBron have kind of made that term so popular in, in NBA over the past season or so. And, asked his his approach with Harden and Westbrook and you know more more he was like oh I don't know if we really want to term it that but basically he said yes essentially what we're going to do is make sure that Russ and Harden are going to be peaking going to be peaking uh when we come into the postseason so I thought that was interesting as well maybe resting Russ a little bit which almost seemed like a no-no in OKC <laughs> yeah. you know like it was always joking around that if Billy were to tell Russ no sorry I don't want you going back in the fourth quarter tonight because we're up by 15 that Russ would be like, no, too bad. You know? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> For sure. Well, and speaking of load management, minute, minute management and, uh, you know, kind of controlling how much mileage gets put on a player. Uh, let's shift over to the thunder now a little bit. I think there's a good chance that that's going to happen with thunder players this year, specifically like, Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, Steven Adams. And so if those guys do get their minutes, um, uh, I guess managed, I was going to say like cut, but cut, that's got the wrong connotation to it. If they get their minutes uh, watched and controlled, that's a good word, controlled moving forward, that's going to result in a lot more minutes for the young guys. And so Taylor, I posted this question as a Twitter poll on our Twitter handle the other day. And I wanted you and I to sit down and talk about this for a little bit because I think it's a fascinating question. The Thunder have four players who are essentially coming back for their their sophomore, their second year in the NBA. Those right. would be Terrence Ferguson, Hamadou Diallo. Oh, sorry, Ferguson's coming back for his third year. I apologize. Third year, third right. Year. right. Homie's still, coming still, back. Still, he's the same age as these other as these other guys. Exactly. Homie's coming back for his second year. Burton a little bit older, but coming back for his second year. And then newly acquired player Shea Gilgis Alexander coming in as well. So I want to know of those four guys, which player do you think sees the biggest jump in production and minutes? Um, and and just becoming a better quality player from last year to this year of those four young guys. Oh, so th- this is such a hard question um, because my head tells me SGA just because of the caliber player he is. Um, and I'm just saying this because of the Thunder traded for him and recency bias, but I actually did watch him last season and really was genuinely impressed by the kid. Uh, obviously, I've watched him in much more depth and researched him a little more since the Paul George trade happened. But I think that's a safe answer where like I think my heart wants to tell me homie because of watching him in summer league and how he's handling the ball some and his explosiveness. You know, there's so much to be excited about with him. However, you look at this roster and I think Ferg and homie kind of both fall into the same category. Assuming that Dre comes back healthy, which is a big if, and then assume, you know, you have Chris Paul, 
you're probably going to slide SGA over to the two, would be my guess. You play Dre at the three, Gallo at the four, and Adams at the five. So that means you're bringing Ferguson off the bench. And in a year where we're worse off, where we're like not quite starting a rebuild, but in a transition period, uh, repositioning, as Presley would say. Yeah. You would think that that would be Replenish and repositioning. Re- <laughs> It's the theme of of us going forward. We're going to have to like make t-shirts about that or something. But oh, yeah. um, you would think that during a year like that, Ferguson would have more opportunity, right? It would see more minutes. But the way this roster is constructed, he may not even start. You know, it's so strange to me. And obviously that, that there's a good chance that changes come trade deadline. But I think that kind of hampers Ferg and Homie's playing time. You know, like I don't think Homie's big enough to play the three, the backup three. So he's going to be behind SGA Ferg uh, and Ferg, you know, like I want to see guys like Hamadou Diallo get minutes. I want to see, we saw him in summer league. He's handling the ball some, like I want to see him be able to do more of that and get more of those developmental minutes as well as Ferguson, particularly being like in a starting lineup. However, I think you bring up a really good point, Jacob. And that kind of goes back to your point you made earlier about load management. If you have guys like Chris Paul and uh, Gallo that you're wanting to trade further down the line, you're going to want those guys to be healthy particularly giving both of those guys uh, injury history. So you are going to be using some load management on those guys, which then if, you know, like second night to back to back, that's going to give an opportunity for guys like SGA to play point guard, Ferguson to slide into the starting lineup, uh, Hami to get some, some backup shooting guard time. So I think that's where we could kind of see, uh, honestly, what we can't even really predict because there's just so many what ifs, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And to me, trying to make a judgment on who's going to see the most growth from last season to this season. I think a lot of people perceive that as which of these young guys is going to have the best season. And that's not necessarily what it means. You know, uh, I think Hami has a lot more room to grow than a guy like SGA does. You know, Shea's growth might be more incremental where Hami didn't, play that great last season so he's got you know a a much bigger jump to make does that make sense that's a really good point you know know, we we saw that with ferguson and yeah that's a really good point so but but i think you're on to something there as far as the the load management playing a part in this because yeah diallo can't play unless he is playing backup two because he he's too small to play backup three uh shay's gonna play starting to for this team because Chris Paul is going to start. Dennis Schroeder is going to be the backup point guard off the bench. I don't know how often we're going to see Shea as the point guard out on the floor, you know, and not, and not just like a secondary ball handler. So, so that pushes everyone else kind of down the line, which brings up another point that I wanted to talk about. You know, you have two way player, uh, Lou Dort on this team now who is a point guard. But you already have three point guards on the team in Shea, CP3, and and Dennis Schroeder. You know, you have your new wing, Darius Baisley, six nine wing who can handle the ball, who's probably gonna play the four in the league. But now you have Danilo Gallinari, Patrick Patterson, Mike Muscala playing at the four. So, like, how does Darius Baisley get minutes? You know, so so it's this interesting balance of like you have these veterans, but do you really want to play those veterans a whole lot because you probably want to trade them? And 
moving down the line, this team wants to play their young guys because you want the young guys to get good because you're entering the rebuild. Right. You know, so it's, so it's an, it's an interesting balance. You know, it's, it's an interesting balance. Um, so let's take Shea out of the equation. Okay. Let's just talk about Ferg, Homie, Burton, and Darius Baisley. Those four guys who is going to log the most minutes next season. Uh, I, I'm going with Ferg. And I mean, I know that's the easy answer. Like listeners are probably crazy. What if we take Ferg out of that equation too, then? And we just say, homie, Burton, Baisley. That makes it a little more difficult, right? That makes it a lot more difficult. (laughs) Um, There's a, there's a part of me that almost wants to lean towards Baisley just because of the, the depth and the lineup. Um, However, I mean, Baisley might play some backup three, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. He really, it, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Because who else is playing well, she, backup three? Ferg's a Nader. little small to play backup three. I, I oh, can't God. believe Nader's on this team. Stop, stop I talking know. to me, Taylor. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? Like, I just. How, how old is Abdul Nader? He's still pretty young, also, if I remember correctly. He's like year two. He's older like than those 20, guys. 23 or 24. 24, I think. yeah. He's my age, I think, like 24. God, so, uh, st- I know, stop I'm talking. I just turned 29. <laughs> stop talking. Now I'm feeling really old. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I there's a part of me that kind of wants to lean towards Baisley there. But, you know, like I said, Homie, we saw him, kind of his key role he played in Summer League. Uh, the whole slam jump. I, I know slam dunk champ doesn't mean anything, but like he just, he kind of started to make a little bit of a name for himself last season. Uh, I think so long as he competes on the defensive end, Billy's going to kind of favor him. So Hami's probably the safe bet, but I wouldn't be shocked if we see a lot of Baisley this season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's so, I, in- so many options. I mean, I know the Thunder are going to be pretty decent with Gallo and Chris Paul out there, but like, I'm to the point where I'm ready to watch the growth of the young guys. Like, Even if Agreed. that means we're not competing very much, I'm just excited to watch the growth of the young guys. You know? I think that's going to be a really fun thing to watch in these coming seasons is to see guys like Baisley, like SGA, uh, like Hami, like Ferg, kind of start to develop a little bit more. And see, I had that same exact thought. I even took it a little further. On my way home from work today, I was listening to some different podcasts and things. And and then I saw Nick's tweet right before I left work about how it's Hami's birthday today. He just turned 21 and how he's the same age as SGA and Ferguson. And so then, you know, you start thinking about those draft picks and like the, some of the furthest dra- out dra- first rounders that we have is like 2026. Those guys are going to be like 27, 28 then. They're going to be reaching their primes. And now obviously you can't, especially in today's age of the NBA, you can't, you know, uh, you can't try and predict <laughs> that far out. But assuming you still have those guys, like think of what they're going to look like at 26, 27, yeah, and, 28. And here's the thing. And together, <laughs> I, I know players can like demand trades and stuff. And, and the Thunder have seen that very firsthand in the past month. But the guys that can realistically demand a trade are like the one percenters of the NBA, right? The Paul Georges, the the LeBron Jameses, the Anthony Davises. Like nobody would give a shit if Patrick Patterson came and demanded a trade, you know, <laughs> or if uh, if Andre Robertson came and demanded a trade, you know, like nobody would care. The Thunder with with these guys like Ferg, with Baisley, with SGA, you have them on their rookie scale deals, 
and then you have their rights and restricted free agency, you essentially control the next eight to nine years of these players, you know, rookie sale contracts. So yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we, we say we can't predict the future and we, we obviously can't things change rapidly in the NBA, but if the Thunder choose to keep Shea Gilgis Alexander around, they can have him around for the next three years of his rookie scale deal and four to five years on his on first extension. contract. So we're talking yeah. seven to eight years, you know, Yeah, but obviously Jacob here in another two years, uh, SJ is going to be the next Russ Ferguson's going to be the next Harden and Baze is going to be the next Durant. So, you know, we sign (laughs) me up. Yeah, that's right. That is right. I'm ready for it, man. Just like, just going off of that, like we still have all those first round picks. So not only are they going to be developing these guys and these guys are going to continue to develop and, uh, and grow as players, but you're going to be adding more young guys to that, that core. And that's, I think what's so exciting. It's just the, the unlimited possibilities here that Presti has. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Um, let's talk about some league-wide stuff. Uh, over-unders have come out, so I want to talk about those a little bit. But before we do that, uh, we have a word from our sponsor. So, all right, guys. We've got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make our listeners make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set which includes a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of this for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned, So they bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for 95 years. Join the 10 million people who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, just let them know. They will give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire. Redeem your razor for just three dollars. Okay, Taylor. So as I mentioned, over unders have come out. Uh, these are subject to change as as the off season progresses along. But over unders are out. We are looking at Westgate's over unders. By the way, I know there's there's a few different sites to have them out. So I want to talk about these, Taylor, in in a very specific way. Uh, so let's start with the Eastern Conference. I'm going to run through. Uh, they're basically their rankings, number one through number 15 in the East um, and and their win totals. And then I want you to tell me of the eight teams that they have in the playoffs, which Eastern Conference team do you think is going in the playoffs? Do you think is going to overachieve and end up with a higher seed than what Westgate has them at? All right. I love it. Let's do it. So here's the list. We have the Bucks at 58 and a half wins, Sixers at 55 and a half, Celtics at 49 and a half. Fourth place would be Pacers at 46 and a half. Raptors tied with them at 46 and a half. Sixth place would be the Nets at 44 and a half, then the Heat at 43 and a half, and rounding out the top 8 would be the Magic at 41 and a half. 
Then we have a pretty significant drop-off of four games. The Eastern Conference teams out of the playoffs. Pistons at 37.5, Bulls at 33.5, Hawks at 33.5, Knicks at a flat 28, Wizards at 27.5, Cavs 24.5, Hornets 23.5. So let, let's start with those Eastern playoff teams. We got Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, Pacers, Raptors, Nets, Heat, Magic. I like it. So I think the team that I have there, I think that will be higher than projected. I think a lot of teams are probably, or sorry, a lot of people would probably want to go with the Nets. Uh, obviously, with the addition of Kyrie and you have DeAndre Jordan, obviously Kevin Durant's going to be out. But, you know, they're getting Karis LeVert back, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. However, I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to go with the Pacers because I think that Brogdon addition is huge. If Victor Aladipo truly is on track, like everybody seems to say that he is, um, I think. And we just saw how they performed even when he was out at the end of the the regular season this past season. I could see the Pacers sliding up closer to – or sliding up to third place and then getting closer to around 50 wins. Um, I would take the over on that over and under, and I, I can see them moving up. I don't know. I, I like them there. What do you think? Do you have a team that you think would be higher? Yes, do you disagree? Or? I, I like that Pacers one a lot, actually. I mean, if you start Brogdon and Oladipo, they added TJ Warren. They oh, added yeah, I forgot about TJ Warren. Jeremy, like next to nothing. Yeah, they added Jeremy <laughs> Lamb. Yeah. Um, they're going to, I assume, start... Sabonis and Miles Turner together. Uh, Twin I, towers. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if one of those two gets traded before the end of the season for for maybe uh, uh, another stretch four or something. Uh, just because I think I to me Miles Turner and Demontis Sabonis are are a little redundant. Agreed. I I think they have a squad and I like their depth a little bit more than I like the Sixers depth. Um, mine sliding up a little bit higher than where they're currently at. Uh, this one, th- this one's a weird one. I'm, I'm going to go with the Orlando magic. Ooh, they're currently that's a, at eight, that's interesting. at 41 and a half. Uh, so basically Vegas has them going 500 next year, 41 and 41. I mean, I like that team. I think Jonathan, not, not Jonathan Simmons, uh, Jonathan Isaac, Jonathan Isaac. There you go is primed to to make a little bit of a jump. Uh, I like Aaron Gordon. If they can get anything from Markel Fultz. Yeah. Anything from Markel Fultz. And I think they have an opportunity to, to upgrade their team by trading somebody like a, um, oh, I just went blank. Who's the Fournier? Evan Fournier. They could trade him and, and get a pretty sizable upgrade. Even if Fultz doesn't pan out, if they could go out and get a, a bona fide, solid starting point guard. I mean, I happen to know one who may be available. Hell, De- uh, Dennis Schroeder would fit well with that team, you know? Two. Yeah, that's through CP3 and Dennis. Oh, shit. You were going CP3. I was going Dennis Schroeder. Uh, <laughs> that, either one of those would be upgrades over over DJ Augustine. You know, I think right. I think they're a, a solid starting NBA point guard because no disrespect to DJ Augustine. He's just not a an NBA starting caliber point guard. You know, I don't know, man. Did you see him against the uh, the Raptors game one in the yeah yeah Eastern uh, or what was it first round of the the Eastern Conference playoffs? You know, I I just think that if they can get a starting caliber point guard, um, they'll jump the Heat. Hell, they might jump the Nets. They might get up to to the sixth seed in the in the East. So I like them a lot. Um, 
I'm with you. That's a really good point. So, good so one. which of these East teams, then if we have uh, both the Pacers and the Magic moving up, which of these playoff teams, Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, Celtics, Pacers, Raptors, Nets, Heat, Magic, which one do you have? Probably staying in the playoffs, but but falling back since we have two teams going up. Well, this is going to piss off all of the Siakam stands out there. And don't get me wrong. I love Siakam quite a bit, but not nearly as much as a lot of these uh, quote-unquote blog boys do, right? But uh, I'm going to have the Raptors falling. I, and just because Lowry's getting older, you have Gasol, who I think is also obviously aging. I'm not sure about his durability. You got Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka in the same boat. Now, outside of that, they're pretty young. I mean, they're actually really young outside of that. But I just I, – I don't see Siakam just – like the year after Kawhi leaves saying, hey, okay, now you're going to be the face of the franchise, carry this team. I don't, I mean, I think he's going to continue to play well, but how does he do when he has, when he's a focal point of an opposing team's uh, defensive scheme, you know? Yeah, like, no, I'm with you. I just, yeah, I, I think unless they make some sort of move, and that may involve a Lowry trade of some sort, I don't know. I, I, I don't see them uh I, I see them moving further down, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. For sure. So I, I think the Raptors will move down. My my team to slip would be the Boston Celtics. Uh, that, that's they're 49 and a half wins, third seed in the East, three games up above the Pacers at 46 and a half. Uh, I just, I see them sliding. I mean, you're you're going to start. 49 plus last regular season? I th- like I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, but but you're starting Kemba Walker. You're starting probably Ennis Cantor. Like I just don't see how you're going to have a high level defense. Um, yeah, you're you're, you're going to have to see a a large jump from guys like Jalen Brown, from guys like Jason Tatum, uh, Gordon Hayward's going to have to to come out and be Utah Jazz All Star level Gordon Hayward. Um, I mean they have Marcus Smart, but th- they don't have a ton of depth at the wing. I just I, I to me the Celtics are the team that would slip out probably out of the top four. Uh, I could see the Celtics not. I, I could see it being like Bucks, Sixers, Pacers, um, like Nets, Nets, or something in the top four, and uh, and and see the Celtics slipping out. Um, I agree with you completely. So then let, let's look at the bottom half of the Eastern Conference real quick. I want you to give me one team. Uh, we have the Pistons, the Bulls, the Hawks, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Cavs, and the Hornets one of those teams that you think has a chance of sneaking into that top eight? Ooh. So I, I think, you know, the safe bet's probably to go with the Pistons. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they can do with like Reggie Jackson's contract and uh, see if they can get, again, another team kind of looking for a, a capable point guard to play alongside Blake and uh, and Drummond. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like they lost Ish Smith. Who's their backup point guard now? Oh, that's a great uh, did they pick somebody up? They have some young kid who played really, really well in summer. Oh league. my he- god, they picked up Derrick Rose. Oh yeah, they totally, got D Rose. I forgot about totally that. forgot about that. Okay, the kid I'm thinking I was like a shooting guard, small forward, I think. But um, and I can't believe I just blanked on his name. But you're right, I forgot. They can, yeah, they picked up D Rose. Good point. Um, so that'll be interesting. But that, like I said, that's probably the safe bet. I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Hawks. I just I love their young core. I'm really excited to watch them. Yeah, that that was my pick too. Was was Atlanta? The, uh, um fast team you know like uh, i'm excited to watch them and i think they're going to be really good especially if if they're young guys that have you know uh trey young uh almost as that collins goodness what's his first name um 
Oh my God, his last name's Collins. People know who yeah. we're talking about. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, they, they picked up. God, we're we're then, awful uh, with names. Yeah, they have they have Huerter. How do you say his name? Huerter. <laughs> Kevin Herter. Herter. Huerter. They got Kevin Huerter. Um, redheaded shooter. Of, um, redhead assassin. Um, and then they obviously they are two draft picks this year. They're RJ Hunter and. Oh uh, yeah, RJ yeah. Hunter's going to be really good for them, I think. And I and, and the kid from Duke. So, so uh, I, I, excited about them. Yeah, I think the Hawks are going to be fun. I, I I am legitimately excited to watch that team. They have really surrounded Trey with shooters. Uh, they even got Alan Crabb now. Um, they've they've just surrounded sh- uh, Trey with. I was about to say Shay surrounded Trey with shooters, and that's going to be a a pretty good team. So uh, that would probably be my choice to to sneak up as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. You want to shift over to the Western Conference? Let's do it. Okay. Give me your your high riser that you think. Uh, so we have the Clips at fifty four and a half uh, for tied with the Jazz at fifty four and a half. Oh, and sorry, also tied with the Rockets at fifty four and a half. Oh wow. Uh, we have the Nuggets uh, fourth here with fifty two and a half wins. Lakers forty nine and a half wins. The Warriors follow them with forty eight and a half. Followed by the Spurs with forty six and a half, and the Blazers round that out with forty five and a half. That's extremely interesting to me, and that's uh, that's just, so t- tightly compacted there. I was gonna say, look at all those win, yeah. win totals. I mean, we're in the, the what, what, one through eight is a difference of nine games. You know, that's insane. Well, then you look. So then we have the the bottom tier here that uh, essentially would be out of the top eight. You have the Mavericks at thirty nine and a half. The Pelicans at 39, the Kings at 37 and a half, the Wolves at 34 and a half, the New Era Thunder at 31 wins, Suns with 29 and a half, and Grizzlies rounding that out with 26 and a half. That's a lot of wins. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. So, uh, so give me your team in that top eight of that top eight that you think will will fall, maybe not completely out of the playoffs, but at least will fall um, in comparison to where the where Vegas has them right now. Oh, okay. So, so my my Western Conference team that will sink in the playoff. Yes, oh, it's um, yeah, I'm going out over here. No, it's, you're <laughs> fine. We can we can talk about risers here in a second. Uh, so, my Western Conference team that's going to sink. Uh, let's go with the Houston Rockets. Boom. I just think I there's like so it. many questions around the two most ball dominant players, arguably in league history, uh, playing together. Uh, especially one of them who I love but can't shoot. Uh, you know, that I just, I don't know. I, I, there's so many questions around that team. They signed Ben McLemore. They're trying to duck the tax still, even though they have Russ and Harden on the team. It's going to be interesting. If, if the fit does not line up, they might not be very good at all. And, um, I mean, I think they'll still make the playoffs, but the, the three seed tied for the one seed, um, that's my team to sink. Who's yours? That's a really good answer. And to be completely honest with you, I think if I would have gone first on a Western conference, that might've been my team, but I'm gonna give you a different one here. Okay. Uh, for the sake of the podcast. And I don't see the warriors being that high. Uh, I mean, obviously a lot of that depends on when clay gets back and how he looks when he does come back. But I think they're going to be struggling, you know, seventh, eighth spot when it comes playoff time. I don't see them up there at six, which I realize isn't a huge difference, but two games ahead of the Spurs, three ahead of the Blazers. I don't know. I, I just see them falling. It's going to be a super awkward fit between D'Lo and Steph and Dre, Draymond uh, while they wait for Clay to get back. 
I think that's going to take them some time to kind of get used to. And honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if come trade deadline, if D'Angelo Russell gets traded to like, you know, Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves or somebody there. So it's going to be interesting to watch them. And I, I think they're a little too high here. Okay. So who's your riser then in the Western conference? If we have the Rockets falling and the Warriors falling, which Western conference playoff team is going to end up with a higher seed. Again, that order is clips, jazz, rockets, Nuggets, Lakers, Warriors, Spurs, Blazers. So I think just based off this list, like uh, just looking at it right now, I think the Blazers as that eighth spot. I see them higher than that, although I'm not nearly as high on them as as many analysts were after that white side trade. I don't think they're going to be like a championship contender by any means. Um, I don't see them getting eighth the eighth spot though. But with that being said, I think the team that um, even before I saw this list that that I would have going higher is the Nuggets. I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets finished as high as second place in, in the, the West uh, come playoff time this next season. You, so I'm you stole both my answers again. Oh, sorry. No, no you're sorry. good. No, I, I think the Nuggets one is legit. Team. I mean, the three teams above the Nuggets, Rockets, Jazz, Clippers, we don't know when Paul George is going to come back from shoulder injury and play. You know, it might be mid-November. He might miss a month of the season. They're like, the Clippers are definitely going to load manage Paul and Kawhi Leonard. Um, we just talked about how the Rockets might slip. I think the Nuggets are primed to slide up that list. I yeah, think, I mean, especially the, the, the Nuggets are keeping the same team, except they lost Isaiah Thomas, who didn't play for them, and they brought in Jeremy Grant. That's that's pretty perfect. I mean, that's that's big time, especially if Murray can make a big leap and if if uh, the Joker can continue to improve Jokic. So exactly, and they yeah, have they have perfect. so much wing depth. I just, oh, I, yeah. I really, I really like that Nuggets team. So I could definitely see them climbing. Um, so I like that one. I like the Blazers as well, climbing up a bit. Uh, it's a side note. Nuggets could be primed for a, a big trade as well if they have the assets necessary. If they, if the right player comes wrong, uh, comes along like a Bradley Bill or something, you know? Like, yeah, they have those young assets. And they also have, you know, if, if somebody wants to uh, give up, a young asset to get an expiring contract. They have that massive Paul Millsap contract and they could slide Jeremy Grant, I think pretty easily into that starting lineup. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they have, a, they have options on the table, which is, which is interesting. Um, okay. So the bottom half of that Western conference, Mavericks, Just, Pelicans, right, cool. Kings, Wolves, Thunder, Suns, Grizz. Of those teams, which one do you think has a chance of climbing out of that bottom half and getting into the playoffs? Obviously, the Thunder. Let's go. We're going for that third, fourth seat. Um, you know, honestly, the the Thunder are a team that I think, if they for some reason decided to keep this core together and not tra- or not core, but keep this team together and not trade away like CP3 and Gallo, um, come trade deadline, they're going to be pushing for one of those last couple spots, which is interesting. But yeah. so I can see them keeping Chris Paul past the deadline. Gallinari, I just I have such a hard time seeing them keep him past the deadline because he's an expiring contract, right? So, Who doesn't match the future of this team either? It's yeah, not like so. Like letting him get to free agency, you're not bringing him back. So you're right. basically just playing at the season, letting, letting him, walk. him walk for nothing. Any asset is better than nothing. A pick, um, a young player, whatever. I would, to me, for me, I would be very, very, very surprised if Gallo is on this team come late February. Um, but okay, so you listen to the Thunder. Do you have any other teams that you think might yeah, be yeah, one to jump? I was 
basically being funny, but I also, I think that's a good talking point that we just mentioned. But um, so I think it really is between the three teams, the Mavs, the Pelicans and the Kings. And rightfully so, they're all are projected to have similar win totals. Uh, of those three, I think my favorite right now are the Pelicans. Just not just because of Zion, but just all the additions that they they made this season. You know, uh, this offseason, picking up um, Nikel Alexander or not? Alex, yeah, Alexander sure. Walker. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Nikel Alexander Walker. Um, yeah, I was trying to remember him and JJ Alexander. But then you get yeah, JJ Alexander. It's too late, man. It's getting late. It is. It's too late. Derek Favors. Uh, yeah, Derek Favors, and then obviously Zion, you know, and uh, I'm super curious to see. I, and then all, all the young uh, Lakers players, you know, you have Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh, Josh Hart. Hart. They're loaded. They're going to be really fun to watch. That's my team. I think that could sneak in there for that seventh or eighth spot. Definitely. Um, so I'll go a different one then. I've got the Sacramento Kings. So, I, I just yeah. kind of really like right. their team. Um you know, can can Buddy Heald be as good as he was last year? Because last year he was great. Um, can De'Aaron Fox continue to grow? Because last year he was great. Uh, they have Bogdan, son of Bogdan, on their team. Um, if he can continue to to develop, uh, they have Bagley, who is going to play minutes at the four and the five. They have Harry Giles. Child. They they have um, they they just have an interesting squad that I think. I think, a couple different, yeah, they that, a squad that was good last year that I think will continue to grow because it, their team is so young. That, Dwayne Dedman, I keep thinking of these guys. Randomly, yeah, they but. got, they got. I mean, they're upgrading their their backup point guard from was it Frank Mason the third and Yogi yeah. Farrell. Now they have Corey Joseph, who's a legit backup point guard. I like what this team has, I really do, and uh, so so they'll be my pick for team to sneak up into the Western conference playoffs. Uh, okay. So of all these teams we've played, we've, we've played with, we've talked about league pass teams, which team maybe isn't going to be good in the bottom half of each conference that you are interested in watching, uh, and would be interested in, in picking up their, their league pass for the year. Uh, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be a fun team to watch, which, which team from the East and the West do you have? Well, since I said the Hawks were going to uh, be a team that could potentially push for one of those last playoff spots in the East, for the Eastern Conference, I'm going with the New York Knicks because they are just like a team assembled of power forwards. Power forwards and point guards, baby. Yeah, it's going to be extremely interesting. I mean, obviously, that's a team that is hoping that they're going to get a ton of phone calls come trade deadline, right, for some of these role players. But uh, I'm really curious to see how that works out. Okay, so you got the Knicks in the East. Who do you got in the West? West, um, since I have, or since I went ahead and went with the Pels pushing for that playoff spot, um, the Kings is obviously a really good one. Um, and then also the Mavericks. Like I think Porzingis and Doncic, it, seeing how they're going to fit, if Porzingis can stay healthy, uh, it's, it's going to be really interesting to me. So I, I think my team of those three is going to be the Mavericks. Nice. Uh, so Eastern Conference, I'm going Hawks. Like I just, just got to go Hawks. That's going to be a fun team to watch. I would really enjoy uh, to watch them play throughout the year. So Hawks are my team in the East. In the West, I'm going with the very last team in the conference, 26 and a half projected wins. But I want to watch the Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant, yep. uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, Clark, the, the kid they picked up from Gonzaga with the pick that they actually got from the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
he played i mean he was the summer league mvp yeah and, they and got they get, they, the they, reclamation project of josh jackson they got d'anthony is it d'anthony melton is that his name yeah d'anthony melton from, uh, uh, from the sun yeah they 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 just have a fun young squad that i think would be fun to watch they do with with iguodala like obviously they're going to trade him at some point i would think yeah but i I'm, think they're I'm just holding out um trying to pit teams against each other who is willing to who wants them more right you know yeah so, yeah i uh i like really good one, i like that answer I, I hadn't really thought much of them but obviously it's going to be fun to watch jaw and and all the guys you mentioned, really, but particularly Jaw and uh, Jared Jackson Jr. And and watching them uh, see how they develop chemistry and how they play together. Definitely. Uh, all right. Well, Taylor, we'll cut it there for the day. Do you have any parting thoughts before we jump out of here? Oh, you know, MLB trade deadline today just isn't quite cutting it for me, mainly because I don't follow baseball at all. <laughs> so I'm right. just really ready for things to fire back up here in a couple of weeks. But thankfully we have college football uh, training camp starting here in about a week. So. Yeah. Finally, uh, they're going to get in pads, you know, get ready to yeah. hit somebody. I'm ready for it. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's bump some outro music. Thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast. We really appreciate you. Um, is my outro music not playing? There it is. There we go. Again, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at the underscore uncontested. Our podcast network, Blue Wire, is on Twitter as well, at Blue Wire Pods. Tons of great NBA podcasts on there. If you're an NFL guy, ton of great NFL pods on there as well. We probably have your team covered, so you need to go to Blue Wire, check it out, find your team's podcast, and give it a listen. Taylor's on Twitter. He is at Taylor underscore P15. Myself, I'm at ThunderMob405. Again, we are going to be doing this like eight to nine week podcast series over the season preview for the NBA, covering each team individually, 10 to 15 minutes, with a special guest who is really good and plugged in and knows what they're talking about for each team. It's going to be awesome. Great guests. We're super excited. You can look for that here in the coming weeks, probably two or three weeks. We will drop the first episode of that. It's going to be really good. Make sure you check it out. If you have not already, go and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. That would mean the world to us. We're almost to 100. Uh, I like round numbers, so 100 would be really cool. Uh, So go check that out. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast at. You can find us literally anywhere on the internet. Subscribe to us. That's all I got. Weekend's coming up. School's starting soon. Football's around the corner. It's a busy time. You guys take it easy. Thunder up. And we will talk to you in the next few days. See ya. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.